Hello, and welcome to another episode of What You Say, where we are two moms here to encourage, empower, and inspire with love and laughter. I'm Amber. And I'm Melanie. And today we are talking about kindness, was it? Yes, it is. Kindness. Hmm. So what about kindness are we going to talk about? Ooh, as we face what we are currently in, in this pandemic and this loss of a life of a man who they buried, but is said to be the person who's going to change the world. Well, kindness needs to take over like a virus. And I don't mean COVID either. Mm. I understand because it's a lot of people still marching, still protesting. And even with the underlying pandemic that we have, this is still an epidemic that we've been facing for centuries. And, you know, we want change. We need to know how it's going to come about. Who do we look to? Who do we ask for help? Who is going to become allies with us? And that all coincides with being kind to one another. I mean, there's no reason not to be. Absolutely. I mean, kindness is is actually a byproduct of love. And love is what actually started the framework of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was love and kindness is a byproduct of love. And that's something that we have to, as people, as human beings, recognize that we are flesh and blood, all of the same bones and nerves and blood cells. We are built with emotions and we have to recognize that we cannot look or even judge another human being by the color of their skin, by their religious faith, by the place where they live, their origins. We cannot be standing in judgment of one another. We have to begin to recognize that we all bleed red blood. Exactly. I mean, I tell people all the time, I said, if you, if all of us actually turn ourselves inside out, we will all look the same. You know, I can't say that enough. We all have the, we have veins, we have muscles, we have bones, we have a heart. And that's really where it starts in the heart. I mean, if you cannot be kind, if you have hate towards someone just because they don't look like you, there's a heart problem. Absolutely. And that, and that's where that's where it has to change. You know, I know there are people that say, oh, we can't change. You know, it's hard to change. And no, it's not really. You just don't want to. And if you decide that you don't want to no, there there isn't going to be any change at all, because there was there are many people out there that, that dislike because of what they were taught, what they've been told, never interacted with anyone who they claim they didn't like. But when they got to know them. It was a different story. 
they they actually saw beyond what they look like or, or what they thought of them. So I think that it's a thing where kindness comes into play that if I can actually come down off of my pedestal and actually speak to the person and interact with the person who I claim I don't like, then a change can begin. So absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And the the part about change beginning is that first of all, we recognize that we have different viewpoints and different ideas about certain things in our society. And I think James Baldwin put it simply like this. We can disagree and still love each other Mm -hmm. unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist. See, if you're that deep rooted and seated in your own disagreement from with me because of reasons of uh, oppression and denial, there's a bigger problem for you. And yes, it goes right back to what we both said. It's a heart change needed. And that needs to begin with each person examining themselves. And if you cannot look upon the situation that has just happened in this country with the actual pursuit of African-American men being killed in this country for absolutely nothing, you need to say to yourself, for the Eric Garners and for the George Floyds, that were killed in the street, murdered. You need to say to yourself, how would I really feel if that was my brother, my father, my uncle, my nephew, my cousin? Would I have the same lack of compassion? Would I be so easy to shrug their lives off like just another person gone? See, when you, yes, can't, when you can't answer those questions unequivocally with, no, I wouldn't feel the same way as I do now. So you would be examining yourself along hearts, minds, and recognizing the fact that these are lives. We didn't know. We, the world last, at the beginning of May, the world didn't know George from anybody else. Just exactly. The world didn't know Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Bianca Taylor. Brianna. Brianna, mm-hmm. excuse me, Brianna. We didn't know them, but it wasn't until their lives were ended in such heinous ways that it sent a reverberation among the people of excuse me, a reverberation of this is wrong. This has to change. And we are going to see these days are long ahead of us of people continuing to protest these injustice against a systematic situation that is not in favor of people of color. And this has to stop. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. And and also saying that loving yourself is part of that too. I mean, what are you so angry about? 
What is the problem with someone else getting the same thing that you have, being equal, being just as you are? What what is what is the issue with that? And then and then that does go hand in hand with kindness because you're you have people that are protesting for against injustice, against bruti- uh, police brutality. But then you have a woman to use her vehicle to block a protest, to exit her vehicle, to walk on the sidewalk, to walk towards the protest, to yell obscenities, and then spit on someone. And then all of a sudden she wants to turn around and, and apologize. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. No one has done anything to her. No one has said anything to her, but she decided that she wanted to step out of her vehicle, block something that is within everyone's right to peacefully protest and to confront and, and really assault, assault a person. So where's kindness in that? Despite how she behaved, there were protesters that that demonstrated kindness to her and mm-hmm. protected her. Yes. But you know, we are seeing we are seeing demonstrations of kindness of people coming to the aid of people who are being t- attacked, mm-hmm. people who are being sprayed, people who are who were actually coming in contact when the person from the Oval Office decided he needed to leave and go to the church where they sprayed irritants. They don't want to call it uh, tear gas, tear gas, but irritants on the crowd as long and as well as uh, pepper bullets. Um, There were people that were, were reacting in a very kind way to the protesters there were, we saw acts where law enforcement was taking a knee. We saw acts where uh, uh, hospital workers were coming out of the hospitals after their shifts and taking a knee and joining with the protesters and helping, helping people to understand what this is about. It's not about a flag. It's not about an anthem. It is not just about taking a bended knee but it is about the voices of the people that are saying this cannot go on because we have a dysfunctional system. This is about a system. This is about racial injustice. This is about, com- this is about a divide in this country that has been in effect for decades upon decades where But this time in the protest, we are not just seeing black people from all places in the world uh, coming together, but we are seeing we are seeing white Americans. We are seeing people of other ethnicities in the protest because, again, they get it. It's not just black lives. This is a life. These are lives we're talking about human beings human beings and but the injustice that we are continuing to see seems to be predominant over black lives 
And that's why we are saying black lives matter. Not that any other life doesn't matter. All lives do matter. But the system is built continually against the oppression of African-Americans. The sentencing of George Floyd was only because he was a black man. The death sentence was because he was a black man. Because there was time in that eight minutes and 46 seconds for that officer to get off this man. There was time for him to recognize as it was said to him, this is not right. There was time in that time period for him to recognize, yeah, let's turn him on his side until the ambulance comes. But there was a hard heartedness in him, a malicious and direct and deliberate act to take this man's life. Yes, I know. And, you know, we're going to talk more about that, but we just have to do something really quickly and we'll be right back. And we're back and we're talking about kindness and what has been going on in the past few weeks with regards to police brutality. Um, and just to piggyback on what, what you said, Mel, uh, regarding that um, with kindness and, and, and the decisions being made of if the knee could have been taken off in time. And, and we have heard that the other officers, even though that they were young on the force, that they were asking him, look, we need to do this another way. Um, and of course, a lot of times when you have quote unquote new recruits um, that, you know, he's the lead guy. Chauvin was the lead guy. And so they're going to listen to him. They're going to listen to him. And it's unfortunate that by them being there and not really doing anything else, you know, they're also held accountable too. Um, as we were talking about kindness and helping each other out during the protest, there are so many images that come to mind. And one in particular is the, I, I believe the officer was in either Oklahoma or Kansas City. I'm, I'm not sure where he was, but there was an image of one officer that was leaning up against, um, I, I believe it was a pizzeria wall and black men were there to protect him. And there were men, one man stood out and he realized, he said, you're all by yourself. You know, this isn't right. And there's, and he's watching the, the other protests coming toward him and he's trying to figure out what am I going to do? I'm only one person. I can only take on, but so many, I'm going to get hurt today. Something bad is going to happen today. Those were his thoughts. And, uh, uh, uh an African-American man stepped in, out and said, look, I'm going to try to help you. Then when another African man saw what was happening, he said, look, I'm going to lock arms with you. We're going to we're going to do this. And they created a chain. Then there were some some white men to help. And then there was another guy said, man, this guy is by himself. I see a hole in this chain. Let me let me fill it in. And, and they didn't know whether or not he was going to attack them from the back. They didn't know he didn't know what was going to happen from the front. But the thing was, was that they showed kindness. And there were the other protesters were saying, what, you're going to help him? But why not? This is a man. He's in uniform. Yes, he's doing his job. But still, this is a human life. 
And if I need to protect it, that, that that's what I will do. And that's the whole point of all of this. If we're supposed to be in this together, we're supposed to be in it together. United. United States. But of course, in this season, in this era, this whole centuries, we have been divided as a country. And unfortunately, we have someone that professes to be a leader who continues to divide us. You're absolutely right. Um, and that's one thing that I think protesters are beginning to learn that, first of all, we're not to be in opposition totally of law enforcement. They only have so much in the way of um, making change. Many of them, yes, they're, that's their job. Let's understand that. That is their job. Yes, to protect and to serve. And we would expect that they would do that with some sense of diplomacy. Um, but first of all, our fight is not at, at our local levels completely. We want to get at the table and to have dialogue with the lawmakers that are in these positions of instituting laws. Uh, it actually had come to my attention about now we have all of these people coming out, including those in the world of sports, that they're very sorry for the things that they may have done. For instance, uh, is it uh, Goodshaw? He is the NFL commissioner. I'm sorry, I could be wrong about that, but he made some comments about being very sorry about what happened with Colin Kaepernick. And that man doesn't need your sorry. That man needs his job. Because exactly. You, you're, you're sorry. Okay, that's really, at the end of the day, you're sorry shouldn't just be about words. It should be about actions to make change. Mm -hmm. Then you have Drew Brees with his sorry, and he seems to be still stuck on an anthem and a flag because he just doesn't get it. And then you have another quarterback from the Buffalo Bills, last name from. He thinks that uh, actually guns should only be in the hands of, of white <laughs> men. I mean, see, this is the yeah. kind of ignorance that begins to to be handed down. This is the kind of ignorance that people embrace. Um, there's a young woman who is out of, um, she's out of uh, South Carolina, Columbia, and her name's Karen Cooper, and she calls herself a flagger. And the flag that she, de she decides to wave and support and stand behind is that of the Confederate flag. She goes on to say that, you know, she was raised in New York. Her background is of that, her religious background is that of, of um, Islam, but she moved to the South. She found comfort in being among more or less white people in the South because she says they were friendly. They said hello to her. They welcomed her. Um, and so she met this person, who, a white woman who was also a flagger as she called herself and she decided that she wanted to support and embrace the confederate flag because she refers to it as a battle flag and that you know <laughs> she's in the in a cemetery waving this flag and she believes that that slavery is a choice now all of this this 
conversation that she's having in support of this whole thing. And then she she wants to piggyback on the words of Winston Churchill, give me liberty or give me death. And mm. he's saying that the slaves had a choice. And I'm saying, where were you during the history classes? Did you not Asleep. know that there were several slave revolts? There was Nat Turner, who was a leader in the revolt of slavery. There was Amistad, where there were many slaves that said, we would rather die than to, to be subjected to this. So, but there were people, it wasn't like they got off the ship at Plymouth Rock or any other places because it didn't always come right here to the U.S. We know that slavery existed in, 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 in the Caribbeans and other parts of the world. But they didn't say, oh, we welcome you. Uh, you think you want this job? Now, part of the detail of this job, now we're going to have to beat you sometimes. We're going to separate your kids and we are likely to rape your wives. Okay. And, and mm -hmm. you're not getting any education or money or money. you're not no, getting paid no 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 you forget about that you're gonna work you're gonna work until there are bruises on your knees you're gonna work until your back hurts well you gonna yeah. work and work and you're not gonna get anything from it no why should no, you no 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 you don't need anything you should you should appreciate what i'm doing for you because yeah, this <laughs> is what i'm doing so our forefathers had a choice. Our forefathers had a choice. She said slavery was a choice. Again, with her, with, she is completely disillusioned and to stand behind something that she feels represents battle. But guess what? We weren't included in the battle, honey. <laughs> you need to wake up. And, and you know, that's, that's to your point. Education. That's what is lacking in even in our own education education system is the truth. It's so sugar-coated, it's so whitewashed. And I believe that history books should be redone, rewritten. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. this this what's happening going on, this this history that is going on right now should be true should be true you know i understand we have young children reading some books and i'm not saying that it, it should be graphic you know for the youngsters and that kind of thing but as they get older the history books graduate so that people can truly understand this is what happened you know that they the the, the picture that's painted about oh you know columbus went here and he was with the native americans and 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 the pilgrims ate so lovely with the native americans that's not true it's not true but the problem and that's and that's one of the reasons because a lot of people have come to the realization that that part with columbus is not true that's why we don't actually celebrate columbus day anymore mhm mm um but Again, with the education, when people are more educated, just just as the Bible says, our people perish for lack of knowledge. Absolutely. They, they, they do. Absolutely. You know, and all that you get, get understanding. Knowledge is power. It really is. It, 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 everything is, knowledge is power. It empowers you to understand the things that are happening in your world. 
it's so important that we get educated on the systems, the laws that are governing in our community. And that's why voting at the primary level is so important because you begin to set a, a pattern in place of getting people into these positions that support the things that are happening in your community, the things that are important to you. We have to get in a whole framework of understanding the importance of education. I did, on, on a side note, as far as education, I, I saw an article where uh, parents are a little bit concerned about the online education system and the moving forward, hopefully and eventually from this pandemic, what is going to happen? Um, it's been it's been a challenge for some parents. You know, everybody is not abreast to um, having to do education at home. So this has been a part of the change and a new thing for so many people. And when parents, some parents go back to work, it's like, well, wait a minute now, what am I going to do? Because they have young kids. You know, the whole thing of trying to set up social distancing and that kind of thing, you know, that's hard. Even when you talk about young kids, they just don't get it. I mean, they're, you know, they're taught to as they to be kind and friendly and give handshakes and those kinds of things. And they're not going to really um, adjust to that kind of thing in our schools. Some schools are trying to set up where there's like 10 kids in a classroom. Well, that means you're going to need so many more building spaces. Exactly. That's the kind of situation if social distancing is going to be a continuing in our society. Now, I just think that's a harsh thing uh, because of even what I was reading that 10 children in a class, they have to stay in the class. They have to stay with the same teacher. They're eating the lunch in the classroom. That is a that's I think is too monotonous for a chill for children. And um, they, they can't, you know, play basketball. They can't go on the playground. They can't do the things that they're normally, they normally want to do with other children. Uh, and especially the, the littles, the, you know, the ones that are not yet ready for pre-K or, uh, well, that are pre-K age, not ready for kindergarten. And they're used to holding hands and holding on to one another and putting things in their mouths. Um so it's, it's very difficult, especially for them. And I believe the parents that normally work that send their children to daycares and things like that. How is that, that, that going to play out, you know, um, with the social distancing and everything. Absolutely. And for me, you know, I, I'm a homeschool mom and um, it's, it's still odd because normally I take my children out to go on, uh, field trips or things like that and we you know go out and, and and do things but we're still even limited for that so it's it's just very difficult in all situations and with the online learning especially with those pre-k children it's difficult to have them where they're in their own environment and you want them to be in front of a screen that they, they see the other person trying to figure out, is this real? Is this really happening? And then you have to figure out as a teacher, how do you keep them engaged? Because when they're in their own environment, they have their toys around, they can go get food, they're going to call on mommy or daddy. And it, it can be a distraction and you just don't know where to go with it. So I'm still trying to figure how to do it even still. <laughs> and I know a lot of other parents are still trying to figure that out too. 
But you know, even with the whole concept of kindness, kindness has a lot to do with social connections. Mm -hmm. So trying to teach those kinds of lessons um, to even younger children can be really, really difficult because, you know, you, when kids are playing and, you know, somebody takes a fall, you know, an act of kindness is help them up. You know what I mean? How are you going to teach that without the social connections? There's there's just going to be so many uh, lessons that we're going to have to adjust, adjust to, um, as this whole process begins to unfold, uh, we have we have a lot to we're, we're facing a lot. We are c- clearly facing a lot. I mean, we do hope and pray for a vaccine, but yes, that takes years. But until then, we still have to practice social distancing, and we have to be careful. I mean, we have people that are still coming out and not having their mask on. Uh, there were yeah. young teens that decided to have an unsanctioned prom and turns out 13 of them now have the virus. You know, mm. people have to get out of their minds that just because they don't exhibit symptoms, they are asymptomatic. It This virus still continues to spread because there are some people that are carriers and some people that because of the way their system is made that it, they full fledged come down with it and it can be quite detrimental, you know, we just shouldn't play with it. I mean, person in the oval office that doesn't seem to want to uh, encourage it and continue with it. um, Certainly not accepting or even displaying an example of social distancing or even wearing a mask. Um, it just seems that this person is dead set on trying to uh, uh, somehow pull himself out of his political hole, but he does, he's not interested in leading the country. And I don't even think that he even gets it that if you aren't doing it now, there it's a sad day in the world if people would reinstate you in an office like that. Mm. What you say? <laughs> oh yes you know and and talking about the virus uh with all the protesting that's going around and there are people that are i see a lot of people that are wearing their masks i see a lot of people that are wearing their mask incorrectly and i see a lot of people that are not wearing their mask and with it being so hot now it's summertime basically it's summer people are moving about and they're reopening things and so I see some people acting like, oh, there's nothing going on. See, what people fail to realize is this is an invisible enemy right now. We, this is invisible. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. But if you're in a place or in a situation where there is someone that has it, that may not know they have it, and you touch, you hug, you will probably contract it. And they don't act like it, you know, and I understand that the the protest is there. I do understand that. I do understand people want to protest. They have a right to protest and and there's nothing wrong with protesting, but still, and it's hard to social distance when you're in a protest too, but still keep in mind that there is an another underlying epidemic going on too, that you still want to be cautious about things and, and, and look out and be kind to other people who want to be cautious, who want to social distance, because I hear a lot of people say, what do you mean? You just going to stay inside. You're not out for the cause. 
that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> not at all. You know, but mm-hmm. be kind to those that decline going out to a protest. That has nothing to do with where they stand at all. You have to be kind. Be kind to those that want to wear a mask. Be kind to those who own stores that have said you cannot enter unless you have on a mask. You're not wearing it for the lifetime. They're just asking you to wear it when you're in the public, when you are at a store, when you are on public transportation, when you are knowing that you're going to be interacting interacting with people other than your family. Be considerate. There's nothing wrong with that because I've seen and I've heard people say, oh, I woke up in a free country, so I don't see why I have to wear it. It's, it's not about that. It's about saving not only your life, but other people's lives. And I don't understand why people don't get that. <laughs> yeah. I agree. As you said, what you say? Exactly. <laughs> I just, and you're so, you're so true. It's, it's just hurtful. First of all, you know, these, sa- some of these same people, um, Oh my gosh, it's the same people. They don't get it until either they have or a loved one has it and is in the mm-hmm. fight of their lives. Yeah. I mean, we've I, we've heard we've seen countless reports that come out where people say, "Yeah, um I didn't really believe it existed." And now they're sitting up in the hospital on a respirator. You know. Yeah. And it's it's young, old, it doesn't have look viruses and all of these things that will come against our system. They don't say, let me just pick the rich people or the poor people or the black people or the white people. But we again back to what you're saying, we have to be more active in protecting ourselves by wearing our masks, being obedient when going in and out of establishment, washing our hands, maintaining social distances. This is how we can begin to get better control of this whole thing and it's just and it takes everybody we uh, you know just as a a virus spread it can only it can spread by one because one touches something five other people come and touch that same surface and now they shake hands with other people and there they have it and you know it, it shouldn't be a thing of um, I don't know why we have to wear this mask. I'm, and in fact, I witnessed a woman in a store where the associate at the register said, ma'am, I'm going to need you to put your mask on. What is your problem? I don't have this virus and you're talking to me like a child. And it was just so uncalled for. I mean, just be obedient, you know, and it's not, you're being disrespectful to other people by walking around with your mask by your around your chin yeah that is so true just disrespectful and just be kind thankful you know what you and i understand yeah it gets a little warm in the mask and sometimes you may adjust it a little bit to get more air but just say oh you know thank you i'm sorry i didn't realize i had left it off you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. it's just a little the bible says that we can win with honey than we can with vinegar. Meaning meaning just be a little sweeter in situations. You know, it can dispel a lot of things. And yeah, we're, a lot of people are frustrated. A lot of people have anxiety. A lot of people are in fear, but sometimes just a a kind word of thank, 
of thank you, a kind word of, uh, of, of, you know, hey, you look nice. I even like your mask. Those kinds of things can kind of just add to a person's day. It makes them a little more conscious, socially conscious when they're out in the place. Because you don't always, you know, this is something new that we're all adjusting to. It's called adaptation because there's not really going to be any new normal. Because right. things are every day, there's going to be things that are going to be changing, you know, and we have to recognize that we are all here in the same situation. Mm -hmm. We just have to be a little more forbearing. We have to be a little more patient. We have to be fervent, you know, and to your point about people saying that because you're not going actively going out and protesting, there's other ways to address Someone had actually said, well, you know, I, I can't get out and protest, but what can I do? Well, you can write letters to your legislature. Mm -hmm. That's a way of being a part of the, a part of the uh, reconciliation, a part of fixing what's wrong. As well as making donations to certain groups. Sure, make it and know who you're donating to. Understand, mm -hmm. know what things they are in support of making sure there it goes back to the education thing. This is how you absolutely unequivocally have to be a part of it. Because if you're not a part of it, you're the problem. Exactly. Exactly. And I know we can go on forever with this topic, <laughs> but we are running out of time. And um, so we just want to leave you with um, a few things that, we call the loving me segment. Um, so when we're talking about certain things as kindness, please be mindful of others. How would you like to be treated? You know, as, as the, the saying goes, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. Well, if you don't want to be treated unfairly, if you don't want to be treated unkindly, then you must treat people fairly and with kindness and love on people love on yourself. You know, there's not, there's, as the Bible says, the greatest thing is love. And that's the best thing that you can do for not only yourself, but for all mankind. So we want to leave you in prayer. And we ask you, Lord, to continue to cover everyone that is listening, cover them in kindness and in love that they, Father, will get into their hearts the love and joy and peace and comfort that they can pour out to other people. And we ask you this in Jesus name. So we're going to see you next week, okay. next Wednesday on what you say Wednesdays. Yes. <laughs> Remember when people say something strange, they say something funny. All you need to do is respond. What you say? Until then, <laughs> we'll see you. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs>